，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。Orchid Island off Taiwan's southeastern coast was devastated by Typhoon Koinu. Phone signal remains unstable in many villages on the eastern part of the island. Early Friday morning, Taichung County Commissioner Rao Qingling sent 20 relief workers to the island by helicopters. They hailed from Tai Power CPC Corporation. Zhonghua Telecom and Taiwan Water Corporation, food, water, and other daily necessities are also trickling in for the island's residents. Two helicopters from the National Airborne Service Corps flew back and forth from Orchid Island, transporting disaster relief workers from Tai Power CPC Corporation, Zhonghua Telecom, and the Taiwan Water Corporation. Kaiyuan Port bore the brunt of the devastation. About 90% of vessels there had capsized or gone missing. A key mission now is dispatching machinery to the island to clear debris and help with reconstruction. Currently, the place where freighters and passenger ships dock at Kaiyuan Port is full of sunken ships. There's absolutely no way of docking there. We have to first clear the loading dock so that people and goods can come in. We need the central government to help provide cranes and excavators. The Taichung County government has shipped over water, dry food, and other daily necessities. Large construction trucks and other heavy machinery and equipment were also loaded onto boats to help restore normal operations on the tiny island as soon as possible. Our current goal is to help Orchid Island return to daily life. That is, with water, electricity, transportation, telecommunications, and fuel. Once these things are done, we can use machinery to clear out the docking area, so that we can make further arrangements on shipments. The typhoon inflicted heavy damage to residential buildings and wrecked the island's four schools. Online, a group of volunteers is assembling to assist with reconstruction. Right now, we have to get the road cleared. The plants and big trees have all been bent and broken. We're going to need a lot of people or heavy machinery to hoist them up. The military is expected to be getting involved in disaster relief starting Saturday, so that reconstruction can be speedier and the islanders can return to normal life. Typhoon Koinu left a trail of destruction in southern Taiwan, especially on the Hanchuan Peninsula. Many schools were left with broken windows and damaged facilities. The typhoon may have left. But 13 schools in Pingdong County remained closed on Friday, as personnel were dispatched to clear out debris and make repairs. Surveillance camera footage shows a tree swaying in the wind. Behind it, sports nets lie on their sides on the ground. 
Typhoon Koinu brought wind speeds of more than 61.2 meters per second to Hongchun Peninsula. One day after the storm, classes have resumed in the county, except at 13 schools that sustained heavy damage. One of them is Daping Elementary School in Hongchun Township. The school grounds are covered in broken trees and branches, and the shipping container that serves as sports equipment storage was blown on its side. I was shocked. Since I came here, none of the typhoons managed to knock it over. It's such a heavy container, but it ended up like this. It was uprooted and all. Rain continued to batter Hengchun in the morning, and teams were dispatched to help clear out the sports field. Some teachers also came to the school to clean up the classrooms and collect debris. I'm sweeping the floor and collected some fallen leaves. I might go outside in a moment to help clear out the leaves there. Another school in disarray is Manjo Junior High School in Manjo Township. The activity center at the school, which is meant to double as an emergency shelter, has been left without many pieces of roofing. Rain now pours freely into the building, creating a waterfall at the stairway. The glass windows and the aluminium doors have been blown off. The water has kept leaking in from the roof and it's all pouring down. The school remains without electricity and in the morning a group of soldiers was dispatched to clear out debris. School administrators hope the school will be cleaned over the long weekend so that students can come back for class next week. We've had soldiers come to help out, so I think that over the long weekend everything will get put back in place. The repairs here may take a little longer. Typhoon Koinu left a trail of destruction in the Hongchun Peninsula, which will take some time to clear up. TPP presidential candidate Ko wen is back in Taiwan after a visit to the U.S. The former Taipei mayor has weighed in on speculations about potential collaboration between his party and the KMT or independent presidential candidate Terry Goh. Ko says any talk of collaboration would have to depend on public opinion based on results from five different polling agencies. Meanwhile, KMT Chair Eric Chu says his party is open to all possibilities, adding that he hopes Ke will meet with KMT candidate Ho Yi soon. Let's hear from them. Let's say we do it based on polls. The winner runs for president and the loser runs as vice president. Polling agencies all have standard procedures. They can pick five agencies to conduct several polls. There are no problems between me and Ke. If anything, I hope things can happen as quickly as possible. I hope our presidential candidate Ho Yi and TPP Chair Ke Wenzhe can meet as soon as possible. We don't rule out any possibilities yet. Meanwhile, KMT candidate Ho Yi has said that the goodwill between his party and the TPP would be conducive to communications on the matter. So far, the DPP's presidential candidate Lai Qingde has been leading in all the major polls. More than nine months after a deadly landslide struck a campsite in Batang Kali, Malaysia, families of the victims are still waiting to see the results of a government investigation. Voice of America has reviewed records that reveal previously unreported details about the campsite. Dave Grunebaum has the story. 
A company in this urban business park on the outskirts of Malaysia's capital Kuala Lumpur appears to have a connection to a deadly disaster. A landslide in the countryside community of Batang Kali, about 50 kilometers north. 31 people were killed in December after the earth swept over their tents overnight at a campsite on Father's Organic Farm. Nine and a half months later, the government has not released findings from its investigation. The family wants accountability. All right. And also, we want steps to be taken to, you know, to prevent these incidents from happening again. Also killed in the landslide was seven-year-old Zek, the only child of Lo Tang Shui and his wife, Tan Yi In. The family deserves the full comprehensive, comprehensive and future report, which covers all aspects, not just the technicality of the landslide. Land records reviewed by VOA show that at the time of the landslide, the farm and campsite were on property owned by Malaysia Botanical Gardens Resort. The company lists its offices in this tower in Horizon Office Park, the same building that's the headquarters for Nirvana Asia Group, a funeral service provider that's controlled by one of the country's wealthiest families. Nirvana Asia is led by Kang Yufung, pictured on the company's website, and his father, Kong Hong Kong, whose net worth Forbes estimates at $860 million. Records kept by the company's Commission of Malaysia list both Kongs as directors at Malaysia Botanical Gardens Resort. The Kongs turned down VOA's request for an interview. VOA also recently reviewed an Environmental Impact Assessment, or EIA, report, but was not allowed to photograph or record video of it. The report shows that in 2013, the Department of Environment approved a proposal for a resort, but the site where Father's Organic Farm was operating later was in a different area. Tekwin Lim is an honorary associate professor of geography at the University of Nottingham, Malaysia. The EIA makes it quite clear that the area for the farm campsite was not to be developed, and the implication is that it was not safe to be developed. Several days after the landslide, however, a government official said fathers had a permit to operate as an organic farm, but the state did not have a specific license for campsites. But a crucial question remains. How did the, the, the farm get the permit to operate? They did not get permission from the Department of the Environment. So far, government officials have refused to discuss details of their investigation. They have told local media they'll release the findings this month. Something families of the victims say is long overdue. Dave Grunebaum, VOA News, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. The Ministry of Economic Affairs has launched a probe into four Taiwanese companies that have been accused of helping Chinese tech firm Huawei build chip plants in China. The firms could each be fined up to 25 million NT if they are found to have violated the Cross-Strait Act. Let's hear from the economics minister. The firms have offered an explanation, but we will still investigate the case. Firstly, we want to understand what their business in China actually involved and whether there are any discrepancies with the investment projects approved by the government. If they do not match, the Cross-Strait Act does indeed stipulate fines. The four firms investigated are Topco Scientific, United Integrated Services, Sika Huntech Chemical Technology Taiwan, and LNK Engineering. 
All four allege they were only involved in low-level wastewater management and environmental projects and had nothing to do with products listed as controlled strategic high-tech commodities. Economics Minister Wang Meihua says stricter controls will be implemented on regulated products with further details to be announced by the National Science and Technology Council. Ahead of the 2023 Taiwan InnoTech Expo, a sampling of groundbreaking technologies went on display at a pre-show press conference. One of them was an artificial ligament made with a novel composite textile. The technology addresses problems in commercial artificial ligaments, which include poor compatibility and the high risk of rupture due to abrasion. By applying textiles into a medical product, the innovation will also give a boost to the traditional textile industry while taking aim at the 2.7 billion U.S. dollar global market for soft tissue repair materials. There's nothing better than a good game of basketball, but one bad fall could risk a sports injury, such as a ligament rupture. There are drawbacks to the artificial ligaments on the market today, including poor compatibility that leads to abrasion and hydrarthrosis. Backed by the Economics Ministry's Department of Industrial Technology, the Industrial Technology Research Institute developed a textile artificial ligament. This is Taiwan's first artificial ligament product. Taiwan has a very strong textile industry. We harnessed it and integrated it into a biomedical application. In the future, this will enhance the added value of textiles. The product's R&D took three years, combining expertise in the biomedical sector, material science and textiles. It uses polymer bioceramic composites to support stronger graft fixation. The artificial ligament is also coated with collagen to promote faster, more efficient body repair. The great challenge was making sure the points of contact allow for the regenerated bone to fuse seamlessly with the artificial ligament to prevent another rupture. This feature is where our design shines. We hope that the technology will be adopted domestically. We want it to complete clinical trials within three years. Media had an early look at the technology during a press conference promoting the 2023 Taiwan InnoTech Expo. The textile artificial ligament will also be displayed at the trade show next week. Developers are eager to integrate the technology into clinical applications to take aim at 2.7 billion US dollars in opportunities for medical materials in the global soft tissue repair market. The annual fashion extravaganza Taipei Fashion Week is here again, showcasing the 2024 spring-summer collections of Taiwan's top designers. Our very own Stephanie Yang gives us the highlights. The models strut the catwalk. This collection is designed by Taiwanese designer Quan Chen. Her brand is the only zero-waste fashion brand in Taiwan. Chen utilized recycled denim waste and other decomposable materials to create her designs. Our entire collection are made of recycled denims, waste, and uh, fabric, stock fabric. And the difference from previous collection is that this collection we use uh, recycled uh, Abacel, which is a 100% degradable fabric, and also we use uh, work with FNG, is a recycled polyester, uh, you know, recycled bottle, plastic bottle made of fabric. This 
Taipei Fashion Week will showcase the 2024 spring-summer collections of Taiwanese fashion brands. It will be held in three major business areas, Xingyi, East District, and Nanxi. There will be runway shows, weekend fashion street photography, fashion street shows, and other activities. This year's theme is diversity, equity, and inclusion. The event aims to convey the idea that beauty is not limited to a certain age, body shape, or ethnic group. The theme is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Diversity is a feature of Taipei. Taipei is the most diverse environment. Taipei is a place where all kinds of different ideas can be expressed. We are working together to honor all our different designers and industries. On October 22nd, we will unveil the Taipei Dome's Songyan Avenue for the first time. This will be a new landmark in Taipei, and it will showcase the designer's design concepts. There will be multiple brand fashion shows and international fashion forums during the month-long Fashion Week, which runs until October 29th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Chen Shenhan in Taipei.